Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 134, and we're talking about fantastic New South Wales. Yeah. Before we get into it, um, a bit of bit of crowing for the end of the year. <laughs> it's always nice to have a bit of a crow. <laughs> yep. OffTrackPlanet.com has named us one of the nine most successful travel bloggers of 2009. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Has been a pretty big year, though, eh? I mean, started off with the Lonely Planet Awards, mm-hmm. um, winning Best Podcast there. Um, we managed to make the podcast into a company. and um, We launched the magazine. Launched a magazine. So yeah. it's been a pretty big year. But thanks, guys. It's uh, really nice to be mentioned. Yeah, it's really nice. So today we're talking to Kirsty and Carly, two sisters who have completed the New South Wales League of World Namid's Fantastic Tour. We'll let them explain more about it, but we talk road trips, Australia, and lots of activities and places to visit between Brisbane and Sydney. Plus an island you can camp on in the middle of Sydney Harbour, which I have never heard of. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Today's show is sponsored by Traveller's Autobahn in Australia. Whether you're travelling for a week or a year, Traveller's Autobahn has a range of options specifically tailored to budget-conscious travellers. Traveller's Autobahn is unique in that all six locations are also licensed motor dealerships, offering sales with a guaranteed buyback. And they have a fleet of over 400 rental cars and campervans, so they're bound to have something you want. Yeah, we really like Travels Autobahn because it's such a great idea. You know, you can buy the vehicle and then sell it back to them, so it's really nice. Yeah. Well, let's get into the interview and let Kirsty and Carly introduce themselves. Um, basically, Fantastic is a promotion run by World Nomads Travel Insurance in association with all the tourism state bodies in Australia. And they're sending a team of two people to every state to basically go on a six-week road trip in Jeff the Van. And you get to do so many different activities and basically promote the state with videos and podcasts. It's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, so Carly and I were the team sent to New South Wales, which is Sydney, the capital city of the state. and It's surrounding areas. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, sweet. And and you um you put together a video in order to um to win the leg, and it was a really cool stop motion animation. How how <laughs> long did that take? It took quite a while actually. Um, the planning probably took a couple of days to come up with all the different ideas, and then we spent another half a day or something making all the props and everything to go with it. And it took probably six hours to film. But yeah, we ended up cutting half the plans we had out of it because it was just taking too long to shoot every single frame separately. Yeah, it was quite tedious to do, Yeah, but it was really fun. And it was worth it in the end. We got a free holiday. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A few days work for um, for six weeks of, of travel. Exactly. Yeah, it was awesome. So we started in um, Brisbane. We picked up the van there and we met the other two New Zealand boys there. Um because they just finished their, Bris- their Queensland leg. And then we took six weeks to go down the coast, basically. We went inland a little bit, but the coast was pretty nice. And then we got to Sydney at the end of the six weeks. Sweet. Well, um, can you give us some of uh, maybe a personal highlight from each of you? If someone was travelling in, <laughs> in New South Wales, what must they do or must they see? Must they do... Oh, we just did so many crazy things. It was insane. Like, it was like so many things I wanted to do for ages, all just crammed into six weeks. And it's hard to pick a highlight. But what would you say, Kirsty? Yeah, I think it's definitely hard to pick a highlight. Um, I, for one, 
being Australian and traveling overseas, everyone kind of goes, what, you can't surf? So surf camp was awesome for me because I got to spend four days learning to surf and I can now, which was really cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, We went with uh, Surf Camp Australia and they took us on a four-day surf camp and um, they picked us up from the hostel in Sydney and took us uh, south and we had like two lessons a day and heaps of nice food and awesome backpackers from all over the world. So we did that for four days. That was so good. And we really saw our progress surfing. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, you've used um, quite a bit of that footage in your um, your final documentary that you put together. Yeah. yeah. So it looked awesome. Um, something that um, I noticed while watching that was um, the shark attack. Yes. <laughs> Tell us about that. Um, We went to um, the Australian Shark and Race Centre in Port Stephens, which is an area, not a town. (laughs) We discovered that when we went through. um, Yeah, it's a whole lot of little towns all joined together. But, um, yeah, we went to the Australian Shark and Race Centre and they've actually got an interesting story themselves because the day they were due to open is the day that Steve Irwin was stung by the stingray. Oh, wow. That's (laughs) got to be a PR disaster. Yeah. yeah, the insurance company basically rang them up and said, look, hold off on your opening for a bit. We want to see, you know, <laughs> make sure that your stingrays are safe. But they're all deep barbed stingrays and the sharks are all really small. Yeah. But um, you, can get in, you can get in the pool with them and hold out food and they swim around your legs and try and eat the food. And I had one little baby shark come <laughs> up to me and nip my ankle. <laughs> so, yeah, I called that my shark attack experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was school holidays at the time, so most of the sharks were being fed pretty well, but that one obviously wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Must have still been a bit hungry. Yeah, Yeah. like the look of Kirstie's skinny ankles. (laughs) (laughs) Smooth. So what's it like driving driving down from Brisbane? Like, I know the East Coast is, well, I don't know, pretty populous by Australian standards, but there still must be quite a bit of empty road. Uh, We actually loved it, all the scenery. It was, like, all really green and nice sort of what would you call it rainforest sort yeah. of like lots of really nice green stuff <laughs> i really like the drive yeah there's sort of you can stick to the main highway and there's always cars on the main highway and we're actually surprised at how close a lot of things were together like towns kind of merge into each other at some points because it is such a popular stretch of coastline to live yeah but if you go inland a little bit off the main highway or go through the towns along the coast then it can be really laid back and beautiful and there's lots of natural areas and national parks and things like that so we enjoyed kind of doing a bit of both yeah it's a beautiful part of australia definitely Sounds cool. I mean, one of the one of the big names in New South Wales is um, would be Byron Bay. Um, yeah. What, what was your experience there like? Oh, that's a definite must if you're a stop um, for a stop for backpackers along the way. There's like so many camper vans there, and um, it's just a really great spot for the the scenery and the wildlife, and also um, surfing. Yeah, surfing and the nightlife is good there too. Yeah, it's basically, I would call it the backpacker hub of Australia because you get there and it's camper vans everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Smooth. I don't know if that sounds appealing or unappealing. Uh. <laughs> uh, well, I guess everyone has their own individual route, but at some point they stop in Byron Bay along the way and, you know, 
catch up with all the other backpackers and have a big party before they keep going on their trip. <laughs> yep, all good. And uh, looking at the map of your journeys, you guys hugged the coast for most of the time, which which makes sense with all of the beaches along there. Um, yeah. What what drove you inland? We actually heard about this beautiful stretch of road called Waterfall Way. <laughs> <laughs> and we were really looking forward to seeing it because all the brochures showed this, you know, beautiful green rainforest and enormous waterfalls with water trickling down. Yeah. <laughs> so we went off the coast and headed inland along this road and it turned out it hadn't rained for a while in that area. <laughs> yeah, we just picked, I think it would be really nice, but we just picked the wrong time of year or something. There was just like this massive waterfall with just like a trickle of water. <laughs> it was still amazing to look at. I just don't think we saw it at its um, greatest um, full potential. Full potential, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, smooth. Well, um, one thing I noticed, well, that kind of stood out for me was you guys um, cliff jumping. So, like, oh, that was so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, we went to a place called Yamba. We loved Yamba. Yamba's so cool. We stayed at the YHA there, and um, this guy called Shane, who runs it, one of the guys that runs it he takes you out on um shane's 10 buck tour so he takes you in the van around the town shows you all the cool beaches and stuff and one place we got to go cliff jumping so we climbed up this great big rock face which was pretty scary and um yeah but we managed to be brave enough to jump in so it was well worth it yeah, there's three levels of cliff jumping you can do. There's a small one, which is probably 8 right. to 10 metres high, yeah. and then the medium one, which is probably about 15 metres or so, and then there's one that's about another 5 metres higher than that. So by the time you get up to the top, it's pretty scary. I think Kirsty exaggerated the heights a little bit, but it's still massive. It was pretty scary. That's mad. What, what was more scary, cliff jumping or uh, going skydiving? Oh, <laughs> skydiving was so good. Um, I would say, um, well, you should probably be more scared with skydiving, but I was actually a bit more scared with the cliff jumping because it was more up to me, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like with the skydiving, you're sort of in the professional's hand, hands, but with the cliff jumping, I felt like I could have stuffed it up and fallen and yeah. hit my head on the rocks. <laughs> I think I actually felt more scared cliff jumping as well. Not the actual jumping part, but the climbing part, because you had to kind of scramble up this rock face. It felt like a bit like rock climbing with no harness. Yeah. And so I was worried about slipping and falling just to get up And there. it was all wet from the people that went before you and stuff. So <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, skydiving was amazing. We went um, with Skydive the Beach Sydney, so we got to land right near the beach and... It was from 14,000 feet. 14,000 feet. So, and it's the highest one in Australia. So that was pretty awesome. Wow, that does sound mad. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So where else did you pass through? You ended up in Sydney. Is there anywhere to, that you want to kind of talk about or bring up before we, we talk about that? Before Sydney? Yeah. Um, well, you mentioned the cliff jumping, which was in Yamba. And I think... If Byron sounds too backpackery and too busy for you, then Yamba's definitely the place to stop. Like it's yeah. a quieter town, but I think it's really going to take off in the next few years because yeah. it's just amazing. Yeah, it's just a little bit off the highway, so I don't think um, lots of people stop there, but it has really nice beaches and 
really good surfing beaches and just the people were just amazing. They were just all chilled out and really friendly, especially mm-hmm. at the YHA. Yeah. Um, the other main places we stopped were probably Port Stephens, um, Coffs Harbour, Port Macquarie. Yep. Where else? Um, Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle. And right at the beginning, we stopped in the Tweed Heads area up near the Queensland border. Mm. Now, that's somewhere I'd never heard of before. Can you tell us a bit about Tweed Heads? Um, I think it's basically a border town. Yeah, it's right on the border of um, Brisbane, oh, sorry, Queensland and New South Wales. Yeah, it's centred around the Tweed River, which is a really nice, beautiful landscaped area as well. Um, the funny thing about it is because the town is split with the border, then half of the town is on Queensland time and half is on New South Wales time. So yeah. if you're going to an appointment or an activity <laughs> on the wrong side of the border, you can get a bit confused. You can stuff people up. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. I get uh, confused enough just crossing the border, but to have a town stra- uh, straddling both of them, yeah. that's pretty painful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess a lot of people are going to be um, flying into Sydney because it's got a huge international airport there and then heading out from there. So while they're, yeah. while they're in Sydney and getting over their jet lag, um, is there anything you'd recommend to do? Um, one place that we thought was really amazing that we'd never heard of before was Cockatoo Island. Yeah. Um, it's this island in the middle of Sydney Harbour and you can actually camp there. Um, oh, Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's a really historic place. It was originally used for the convicts when um, they first came to after first Australian settlement, and then after that, it was used um, as a shipbuilding base in the war. Um, yeah, so it's got a lot of history behind it, and it's got all these really old buildings and you know areas where they built the ships and the old jail areas and things like that so you can really get an amazing sense of history walking around and especially if you're staying there overnight you can look around all the buildings in the dark which is pretty scary yeah it was pretty cool that's cool it sounds like a nice alternative to um all the hostels down around the rocks yeah definitely so they have waterfront campsites and you can look out over sydney harbour and see the bridge in the background as well it's a pretty amazing spot yeah awesome well, thanks so much for uh, for coming on and talking about, um, well, everywhere you went and New South Wales. It's been awesome to hear about your adventures. You're welcome. Before thanks for having us. No worries. Before we finish up, um, are there any kind of hints or tips you'd, you'd be able to share with us for backpackers or independent travellers, people who are going to kind of hire or buy a van and then take off themselves? I think definitely see less in more time that we thought having six weeks that we'd be able to see pretty much the whole state of New South Wales but we only travelled a small distance between Brisbane and Sydney and we still feel like we didn't see everything there was to offer. Yeah there's so much to see. Sure and that's almost 3,000 k's eh just that that chunk of road. Yeah. Yeah Yeah, and we hardly saw anything like below Sydney like south of Sydney that was just sort of Brisbane to Sydney in six weeks and we felt like it was fully jam-packed as it was, yeah. Mm. Well, thanks to Kirsty and Carly for coming on the show today. It was a real pleasure to speak with them. If you want to watch their videos or flick through their photos, they'll be in the show notes at IndieTravelPodcast.com. 
And before we finish, uh, we'd like to share this piece of safety advice from today's show sponsors, Travellers Autobahn. Having worked with vehicle rentals and sales for travellers for over 16 years, they know a thing or two about the Australian conditions. So <laughs> here are their top 10 tips for travelling safely. Number one, don't drive at night in areas where there's more dead kangaroos than living kangaroos. Mm, good point. Number two, camp vans have a high centre of gravity and falcon wagons are rear-wheel drive with lots of grunt. Be extremely careful if you're not familiar with these vehicles. It's easy to roll a van and easy to lose control of a falcon if you're inexperienced. Um, give dirt roads and unsealed ro- roads more respect because even at 40 k's an hour you can be going too fast and lose control if you're not careful. Don't hitchhike. Not all people who pick up hitchhikers are ex-murderers, but some are. Pleasant. (laughs) Number five, check the inside edge of your front tyres regularly because poor wheel alignment causes tyres to wear out quickly and um, you don't want a front tyre blowout. Number six, always wear your seatbelt. Number seven, if you're driving on the left for the first time, leave the music off for a while and ask the person sitting next to you to kind of spot for you and remind you to drive on the correct side of the road. Number eight, don't leave valuables visible inside your car when parking at popular tourist destinations. Number nine, do everything humanly possible to avoid overheating your car. If your temperature gauge moves away from the normal, then stop then and call roadside assistance. Number ten. <laughs> Beware of retirees offering cups of tea at outback road, roadside rest stops. Could be hours before you manage to get away again without being rude. Yes, so true. I don't know why that is number so one. So true. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> so thanks, Travelers Autobahn, for sponsoring this episode of the Indie Travel Podcast. And until next week, travel well.